stop eating well-done steaks. Terrorist. We here, nigga. Yeah. Realest niggas by landslide. Uh -huh. Show enough, I'm about to blow up, cause I'm tired of walking around landmines. Yeah. Rap savior, hellraiser, don't worry, nigga, I claim both. Uh -huh. One nigga that's unsigned, that's off the chain. Yeah. Chain go. And I always wondered this. At the end of the day, after y'all done cooked y'all food and what y'all got left over, what do y'all do with that food? Um, I know me preferably, preferably, I can't speak to everybody else. I'm going to, uh, first responder firehouses, or if I can find an ER that, you know, they may need some food, I'm donating it. You know, I never knew that. Why? Well, well this to you specifically, I never knew. Yeah. But you do have some people, depending on the quantity and what they may have cooked, you have the ability to, you know, kind of wrap the proper way refrigerate or freeze and bring it back and it's just as good as the next day okay. sometimes brisket is just as good the next day as the first day and because we are trying to push out so much protein at, at one time in some situations you have a process to where you can push or you can kind of pre-cook things in a quantity to whereas the last portion of it is like maybe an hour or so of cooking and it's already done and it still tastes like it's just fresh. These are things that I've had to learn yeah. throughout the process to keep from just wasting food. Gotcha. Because so. I never knew that. I, I always want to ask. I said, when I get in it right on, I'm going to ask him. <laughs> because and let me tell you, I've been trying to get on for a year. <laughs> I've been bothering him for 365 Listen, days. Like, hey, man. It's you and a lot of people. <laughs> I just had somebody that's been trying to get on for a little over a year. So, yeah. like, it's, I be busy, man. Hey, man, I understand, bro. But listen. So, like, how did you. So, you started during the pandemic, right? I started before the pandemic, actually. Okay. We only went full-time in the pandemic because it was just, it just needed to happen. So, I got into, always, because again, prior military, big family. Cooking's been a part of my life for a long time, but I love to entertain. I love people. I love the process of cooking and having a good time. Um, I was using this as an element to kind of curb weight gain and PTSD. So, when I was cooking, when I first started off, I was fine. I bought a new smoker to kind of get myself, you know, get back to cooking and seeing if I could, you know, lose some pounds, change my blood pressure situation. So I bought a new smoker, put it together, and just started cooking. Put yeah. it on put it on Facebook. Anybody need some food cooked, call me. Everybody knew I could cook, but it had been a while since I had done it. So did that a couple of weeks, and one of my friends, several of my friends pulled me to the side. I was like, hey, man, this is good. I think you need to do something with this. And because of my track record and so much, so many things that I've done before I got to this point, I've been on so many other people. I've been a part of so many other people's processes, being behind other people. I was like, hey, why not Why not bet on me this time? Yeah. So that's what I did. Um, and that turned into, it was just a cool hobby, man. I, I had a career. I was in technology. I've been in technology 15 years. My specialty was cybersecurity at this point in my life. And I was like, bro, I got the job of my dreams. I'm having a good time. This was all side money. So yeah. I was like, I wasn't even tripping. I was having a good time. Pandemic hit. By the time the pandemic hit, I had a 20-foot trailer <laughs> and a couple barbecue grills. But again, this was just a weekend thing. But at that point, job canceled everybody. I got furloughed for a couple months. And at that point, of course, you remember the unemployment lines were real weird. Nobody knew when their money was coming in. And I was just like, man, look, I got this food. I got this trailer sitting out here in the yard. Yeah. Let's turn this motherfucker on to 100% and see what happens. 
and that was June, a little bit. No, it was uh, April and May, and I started to get get in there, get my get all my license and certification and paperwork together to be a legit top to bottom business. And they called me back in June to offer me my job back at a twenty percent pay cut on my salary. I said no, thank you. Yeah. So I bet on myself. And June twenty twenty three will be three years of full time barbecue for Eddie Wright Barbecue. Man, that's that's and dope. That man. is my entrepreneurship story, <laughs> and I love it, man. Cause like you, it's like you. I feel like you. You the type of person like when once you dive into something, you dive all the way in. I, yeah, most definitely. So that is my gift and curse. Like I don't know how to half ass do nothing. Yeah. So when I do commit to something, I am like reckless committing. Yeah. Like I'm buying whatever I need to buy. I'm investing whatever time I need to invest because. I believe in doing things all the way in. I don't know you how to believe in doing things the right way. Yeah, I don't know no how to half ass it. No pun intended. <laughs> I don't know how to half ass it. And you can talk anybody you ever talk to and ask them about me. They will never tell you anything sour about me other than I like to do business. I like to do it the proper way. And I don't do bullshit. Yeah. If it ain't going to be right, it's not going to be me. And that's okay. I don't have to take your money. You can go take it somewhere else. And I'm not even upset. Yeah. And it's like, that's just, that's, that's just business. It's not no emotion involved. That's where you see a lot of friendships and relationships end when the business turns personal. And I much rather have friends and great associates than a bunch of dollar signs because you can't buy friends. Yeah. And I think I, one thing I've learned just on my journey that building relationships, it goes so much farther than an extra book. Because that relationship can last forever, and it can transition to other relationships. Yep, and it keeps your name good, man. When No matter how much money you ever make, the one thing people are going to always remember about you is what you say and how you do things. Yeah. Your word and your actions are all that you have. So what's some of the things you learned, like, transitioning from, like, a, a weekend-type barbecue, barbecuer, and like, uh, and then transitioning to like actually like developing a consistent product and selling it. Like, what what some of the things you learned uh, on that journey? Um, develop a formula and stick with it. Um, you, you it, it's not going to be perfect the first time. It's never going to be perfect, but it has to be consistent. Yeah, it has to be within that same area each and every time you do it. And the way you do that, you buy the right equipment, you use the right rubs. And you use the right process. And that's why I kind of coined the technique, temperature, time, and taste. Those are the four T's to barbecue. Those are the four T's to cooking primarily. Yeah. But specifically barbecue to me because the technique, the temperature, the time, and the taste, that's how you get amazing barbecue. Yeah. Because I can say every time I've had Eddie Right barbecue is very consistent. And that's one of the things is like, when you go to like a fast food restaurant or anywhere, like they right. always got that consistent flavor. Right. And then like you go to someone that's uh, a part of your community mm-hmm. and they have that same type of consistency. And I, I appreciate it because like, I know what I'm going to get. Right. And it's, it's damn good. Like you don't need no sauce right. for your ribs. Right. And that's been a hard transition to try to teach a lot of people within this area because we're so much of a big sauce 
area within our barbecue. And again, it's been met with love, but it took a while to get there. I didn't just wake up one day and was like, oh, I got the perfect the perfect no sauce rib. No, it took me time to get there. Yeah. And once I figured out how to get there, I just kept it there and I made that my brand. And I, I liked it because I have certain friends that appreciate good cooking. And I got certain friends that appreciate good sauce. Right. The ones that appreciate good cooking, I'm like, hey, go try eat the right barbecue. Yeah. I'm not going to waste. I, don't, I, I ain't going to say waste, but, like, I would tell one of my friends that, like, really like sauce to try mm-hmm. just to see what they think. But when I tell people, I'm like, hey, like, I think me and my boy Dre came to you one time. Yeah. i like, hey, because he, he cooked. So, he yeah. know. He's like, yeah, they, they, they good. So, I, I enjoy your ribs. I don't need no sauce. If I choose to put sauce on, which I, I don't think I ever put sauce on your ribs. And it's, it's again, it's not needed. But, again, you have those people who are just used to it because yeah. historically it's been E&L. After E&L, it was Boston's two of the, 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 the elements of both of those key companies I've, I've said are sauce on fries. Yeah. And it's just what they do. So it's just something that people have learned to enjoy and appreciate. Again, nothing wrong with it. But as far as what we like to do here at A Right Barbecue, we want you to taste the flavor, the smoke we choose, the the flavor of the wood we choose. Like that is one of the most key things to be able to open a person's palate up and explain to them, okay, you're tasting this type of wood over this type of cooking period, and you're going to get notes of this. So there's a difference between a pecan wood, a oak wood, a cherry wood, or sugar maple, or just a regular maple. Everything gives a different Note and it does different things to chicken, pork, beef, all the way around. You know what I just thought about when you was going when you were saying it. Similar to the cocktail world, let's just say we we just tried curveball. Yeah, we tried a neat. We tried it on the rocks. Yep. We didn't try it on no cocktail. We did not. And I feel like great. Wait, wait. Let's let's try it on Mountain Dew. Hold on. That's Mountain Dew right there. Well, yeah, let, but let, go ahead. Let's, no, I want I want to see your reaction oh, to okay. this. Let's, let's, let's I ain't gonna lose my thought. It's, it's still right here. All right, cool. Let's, let's see. Curve out the Mountain Dew. Do it work? Because I'm a Mountain Dew guru, I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> hey, it's crazy because I just forgot my thought, but I remember. <laughs> so like, uh, cooking like all those things, they kind of remind me of like drinking. Uh, refined like a great tequila or a great bourbon mm-hmm. with nothing added or drinking something like Jack Daniels which is also a good whiskey but like a lot of people drink Jack and Coke right. and I feel like your technique of cooking is similar to like a spirit straight out of the bottle hmm. and I, that's kind of what I compare it to like I can yeah. appreciate this with nothing added but if I add something it's just going to be it's like it's just going to pump it up yeah yeah so yeah. like I, I liked it. It leaves something to be desired. So that's that's kind of me. That's kind of our our process of cooking, and that's what we're going to continue to give the world of uh, Mississippi barbecue and spread that out to the world. I'm sick of people saying, "Oh, go try Texas, go try Kansas City, go try Memphis, go try." They jump around everywhere else. They even go to Louisiana before they come to us. And Mississippi, real, I, I'm not capping. Like you go to a gas station, you go to anywhere in Mississippi, the barbecue gonna be better. It's just, it's just how it is. It's just how it is. We have a certain love that we transition through our food that you probably won't find in a lot of different areas. So what's some of the habits you had to kind of break going, transitioning from, uh, I guess, backyard to pitmaster? Um, brown butcher paper. 
Brown Butch Pipe. Yeah. I used to, when I first started, I used to do a, uh, I would call it a competition style rib, but it was really, it was that, but it was, uh, it was a lot of labor intensive. Yeah. It was wrapped. It was uh, bumped up with a little extra brown sugar and a wrap. It was great, but cost wise, it wasn't a rib I could continue to do because of the paper that I'm using and everything else. So again, like I said, with the right equipment, you're able to change the way you do things and increase your quality. So with that, Oh, Hickory Pits is where I became kind of very good at achieving a certain type of quality and being able to nail it every single time, almost spot on. Yeah. So I'm assuming, because a lot of people I know personally, like they're just, you know, 4th of July type holiday cooking. Right. A lot of people use aluminum foil. Right. Do you use foil? Um, I will, but only on a cool down method. Like once it's done cooking, I'll wrap it. But it's not it's not necessary, but it just kind of depends. Uh it depends on the pit master, depends on how you're cooking and what you want to do. To me, it's like uh when you put it in that foil, it's essentially I call it microwaving, but it's not gonna allow any heat to escape and it's gonna speed up the cook of that rib. And people like that. It looks nice, but by the time you pull it out there, if you're not watching what you're doing, you're basically going to be eating pulled pork. Because yeah. once you pull it out, the bone's going to come right out. It's not going to have any type of pull to it. It's just going to be mush. Yeah. And that's what you don't want to give people with ribs. You know, you want it to have a little bit of bite. You want it to have a little bit of pull, and you want it to be able to just kind of fall apart within the process of you chewing it, not when you just like, oh, look at the rib. It just came off the bone. It's like, yeah. no, you just pulverize it. Anybody can do that. Yeah. So. And I, I remember seeing you uh, make a TikTok about that, and it's crazy because I like because I like both. Like yeah. I've I like the kind you just pull the bone out, and I like the kind where you actually have to get it off the bone, but it's not hard. Right. It's and just people confuse that with being a non properly cooked rib, and it's like that's very incorrect. Being able to hold that bone, bite into it, and that meat go nowhere. That is a quality. There, that is something every pit master look to attain because it's it's holding under its own weight. Yeah. And if you bite it, it's, you're not struggling to pull it off. It's coming right off. Yeah. And it's still sitting there. So you got your texture. Everything's right where it needs to be. That is the perfect rib to me, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I enjoy because it's crazy because I'm not like a real big rib eater, but mm-hmm. like anytime I'm eating ribs, it's mainly from. You, every now and then I go to Jefferson's. Yeah. Uh, Shouts out to my guy, Roche. I go to E&L, but normally I get the chicken at E&L with the sauce on fries. Yeah. Fried chicken wings. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and I, uh, so, this day, I seen this on TikTok, and it was this dilemma y'all had going on. The, 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 the slow, the slow way. And the fast, uh, was it the brisket? Yeah, the hot and fast brisket. Hot and fast and the traditional. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's talk about that, man. Um, brisket is one of those things. Um, again, if you know, you know, it's to get a good quality brisket, it's gonna take time, and you, you're gonna most definitely have to invest in it. But at the same time, once you do enough of them, there's a method you could do to where you can get some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, after doing pretty much a brisket a week for about a year and a half. I was to that point. I was very nervous about it. And uh, the guys, my guys, Trace and Jonathan down at Grills and a couple other guys down there, we all hang around. Um, they were like, hey, man, hot and fast, 
high and fast way to go. They was like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And I was fearful of it because brisket's not cheap. And you don't want to screw it up. Yeah. Like, I know I don't. Most people just don't care. It's like, oh, it can be shredded beef. Well, if I want shredded beef, I just buy a truck roast. No, I bought a brisket because that's what I wanted. Um, so once we figured out that um, you could you could really cook a brisket hot and fast in about five and a half to six hours, it changed my life. And yeah. you were able to, to achieve a very consistent product, similar to the low and slow. Not exactly, but at the end of the day, it's about being great great flavor and edible and the texture being right. And that's what we look at. And people became up in arms over it. I did a video <laughs> on TikTok about it and uh, 150,000 views later, it turned out to be a spectacle. People did not know that it was possible. It was like, I can't believe you're doing that to a brisket. I was like, just, just, just wait and see. Just, just watch me slice this thing and watch how it just folds over and doesn't just fall apart. Yeah, still, the beauty of it. still had a smoke ring. Still had a smoke ring. Still had great <laughs> flavor. Smoke ring does not determine flavor. That's the other thing. Other people that people have to get out of their brains. Hey, listen, you this this is the platform to tell people because <laughs> I want to get all the barbecue, uh, I guess, taboos or whatever right. or traditions that people normally do. This. Just tradition and doesn't yeah. really smoke ring does not con- does smoke ring does not equal flavor. Uh, smoke ring is just a a process that happens when you got the the right amount of everything. I'm not sure the scientific names for them, so please don't judge me. Uh, <laughs> but you got the right amount of everything in your cooking, and it leaves that beautiful amber ring. Sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot bit. But it's just it, it's like a beauty mark. Yeah, you know, you get it sometimes. Sometimes you don't. But I've had ribs that had none of that and were great quality ribs. Not everybody's shooting for the same thing. And that's okay. And that's what people have to continue to explain to people. It's not about achieving the same quality that I achieve. It's about having a consistent product that is uh, end user and patron friendly that they enjoy. Once you achieve that, that is what you go for. What tips would you give like a... Buy a thermometer. <laughs> Buy a thermometer. Stop being afraid. Buy a thermometer. Poke your meat. <laughs> and it, no, it sounds terrible, but it is the fastest way to become comfortable in knowing what you are doing or what your food is doing at certain temperatures. And I yeah. watch so many people not do it and are just kind of guessworking it. And sometimes you get a lot of it wrong. You don't have to do that. They make these thermometers for a reason. Yeah, use it. <laughs> Poke them off. It's not going to do nothing crazy. It's not going to get mad at you. It's already dead. Poke it. See what the temperature says. If it's where it needs to be, pull it off, let it rest. Secondly, let food rest. What's the importance of resting? Because I don't know. The importance of resting is essentially, it's like a, think about it in this manner. You go outside, you're doing something, you get cut, right? You get right. a cut on your arm. You're going to start touching that cut with it bleeding heavy? No, I don't know. Exactly. You wait for it to rest. It builds a scab. Not, not, And this is not saying meat builds a scab, but you wait till it becomes... <laughs> You know, it starts to heal itself before you, you know, you go back out to do what you need to do and finish what you're doing. That's what I look at. That's what I, I, I go by. Not the exact rule of thumb, but that's the framework I look at. You cook a meal. When you cook it and you're putting it under heat, all that meat is doing is swelling and swelling and swelling and swelling. Okay, once it's done, it's going to come back down to its natural form. But if you never let it come down to its natural form and you cut into it, you're releasing all that juice and all that work that you've built up inside of it. 
And when you bite into it, it's going to be like, oh, it's, it's got everything running out of it. Yeah, because you didn't let it rest. If you let it rest and come back together and reabsorb and let those tendons settle, it's going to make for a much better eating experience, especially with steaks, especially with steaks. People, let your steaks rest and stop eating well-done steaks. <laughs> Terrorist. How do you how you eat your steaks? Medium, medium, medium. Medium, medium, medium. That's it. Medium. I'm and I'm not a big steak person. Like I'm the type of person I if I order a steak at a restaurant, I always say medium well. No. I I'm basic. God. I'm basic. Medium. Look, I w- I'm going to cook for you a medium ribeye and I want you to taste it. There's say a less. difference. I want you to experience this. It is a difference. Stop <laughs> ordering, especially great cuts. Ribeyes, prime ribs, stop ordering medium well, well. Don't do that. <laughs> you are losing every ounce of flavor that that cow had that they put on that plate. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> people don't let the cow, people don't let the cows be great. They don't let the cows be great, man. This cow, <laughs> this cow was sacrificed for a reason. It was not sacrificed to be killed all over again. But some people, some people say if they eat a uh, a medium or a something under medium, that the cow still be moving. No, that that <laughs> that would be rare, sir. And I, again, like what you like. Some people like rare. I'm more of a medium guy. Has great moisture still on the inside. You you know what you know what you can you know what you say to a person who eats a well done steak. <laughs> Nothing because they're still chewing. <laughs> they be shaking the table they they can't talk Cause they're still chewing <laughs> Even after you've gotten your thought out They're still chewing I seen the meme would say uh, Why you order that well done steak Now you shake the whole table trying to cut it Bro I swear to god It's like look Hey 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 send it back They DJing over there Trying to cut Like you cutting leather Like Jesus Christ Stop Stop how do you eat leather? That's my question. How? You don't. You don't. <laughs> leather is not meant to be ingested. Stop leatherizing your steak. And it's crazy that you say that because you uh you recently had some ribeyes, I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. And yes. you say I'm not cooking it over medium. No, no. And I told them and, I, and it was <laughs> it was for my homie's birthday party and I went out, I made a real nice slice in front of them, took my Weber kettle, cooked it, and I told people you told people, if you want to buy a steak, this is what the price is going to be. And I told them, look, I do not cook well done. If you want a well done steak, do not buy this steak from me. Yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not about to do this to this $283 ribeye. Lo- Man, ain't no way. <laughs> ain't no way. It costs too much money. Like, if that's the case, just throw it in a wildfire and just let it cook. But you won't do that. But you'll go somewhere. But you'll go somewhere, have a beautiful date with this young man or young lady who you love, and you will have them order you a $75, sometimes $85 piece of protein, and you will cook the living fuck out of it. (laughs) It is the most uncomfortable thing to see or hear at a, even at a Steak space, even where your outbacks or whatever. People get it well done, please. 
I'm ready to leave. Check, please. <laughs> I don't want to see this. I don't want to be nowhere around it. Like, it's just, it's so uncomfortable to me. <laughs> it's like, how dare you hurt this animal even further? <laughs> Man, that is, that is crazy. Do you own a pair of cookout sandals? No. Will you ever own a pair of cookout sandals? No. Y'all want your toes out, man? The Jesus Walks Fives are not for me. <laughs> the Heroes Twelves are not for me. I will be I will be cooking in a nice set of comfortable kicks, whether it be Adidas. It will never be a Yeezy. It may be a, a, a Air Max. It may be something. I am so you not like Yeezys. With, hell no. Just, I ain't never had them. Me neither. Like I don't believe in overpaying for for trash. Yeah. But um, yeah, you won't catch me in the Jesus Walk Fives ever. <laughs> Y'all want your toes out, man. I don't want my toes out because that leaves room for a hot coal or some grease to hit it. And yes, it's fast. Hey, look, hey, I got to protect my feet. Like, I'm like, look, <laughs> I got to use these for the rest of my life. Mm-mm. No. Man, listen. So, the people that, that's catching the interview and didn't catch the review, man, tell them what you think about this curveball, man. Let me tell you something. You ever had barbecue in a bottle, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> no. This is Curveball. Allow me to introduce you. Sweet on the front end. I'm sorry. Smoky on the front end. Sweet on the back end. Very well-rounded notes of, um, I will say, mesquite and maybe a little bit of oak. This brand of barbecue whiskey, and yes, I'm calling it barbecue whiskey because they've managed to place barbecue in a bottle, is one that everybody needs to get to know. Every pit master on the market needs to at least try one shot of this neat and with one cube of ice and understand the hard work that this brand has put into crafting a quality whiskey for the cookout. It is cookout certified, if you ask me. Bam, we stamp it right there. It's and like if I'm at a cookout, I wouldn't know whether to get ribs or get this on the rocks with some rotel and some chips. Because I feel like I'd be satisfied. Like I'm, I'm still fulfilling my barbecue craving in liquor form. Yeah, because you're getting, you're getting the extra notes. Like, you get your, depending on how they cook the rotel or whatever, you get your you get your smoke from there, you get your smoke from your ribs or your chicken if they did it right, and then you just polish it off with a nice, like, come on, man. It's just, it's all there. Yeah, it is. It's all there. <laughs> well, listen, Eddie Wright, I'm so glad to have you finally on Tap in Reviews and Uncorked. It's been a long time coming. Long time. <laughs> Every time I go buy some ribs, he say, when I'm getting on the podcast, I swear to God, man. every single time, hey, man, <laughs> put me in the game, coach. I'm ready. I'm ready, bro. I'm ready. I've been waiting so long to be here. I'm glad to be here. I hope I gave you enough 60-second sound bites to do something real amazing with it. It's going to be a great time here moving forward. I'm very happy for this young man. Tapped in reviews, Uncorked podcast. It's great things happening with alcohol and talking, which is my two favorite sports. Third is cooking, and boom, <laughs> that's kind of what you got there. Curveball, call me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hit up Curve. Hey, Curveball, this your guy right here. Yeah, I sent it to me, but this the real pit master. I just drank for a lift. I'm going to take a picture just so I can send it to him and be like, hey, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> and you know what? I'm You're drinking Curveball the right way. I'm drinking Curveball the right way. <laughs> How you lose? Don't worry about it. Give you a better picture. Oh, perfect. That's that. That works out even better. <laughs> but yeah, there's been another episode of Uncorked, and we at this time, y'all. Peep the boner. I've been shutting shit down, talking way before Corona. I've been balling Villanova. I'm a star about to blow up. I can't wait to supernova. I ain't.